welcome to the Relationship Recovery Podcast, hosted by Jessica Knight, a certified life coach who specializes in narcissistic and emotional abuse. This podcast is intended to help you identify manipulative and abusive behavior, set boundaries with yourself and others, and heal the relationship with yourself so you can learn to love in a healthy way. Hello, welcome back. Thank you so much for being here. It's been about a year, a little bit longer than a year since I started this podcast, probably about a year and two months. And I'm so grateful for everyone that is here. I, the podcast has grown a lot in the last year and it went literally from just this small podcast to try and explain some complex topics to clients to a platform that I'm so grateful for that helps others and that provides the same level of support that I once needed. And as I continue to think about this podcast and work the podcast and think about what I want out of it, I definitely want to continue to provide the content and respond to the key questions that you've been asking yourself and that you're stuck on. Lately, I've been getting a lot of emails to Jessica at jessicanightcoaching.com. That's my email address to basically asking some really amazing questions or sending me emails asking amazing questions. And I just want you to know how much I, well, one, I read all of them. And so I want you to know that. And two, I really appreciate it. When I hear that I helped one singular person, it literally gives me the fuel and the fire to keep going and to like think more and do more and dive deeper. We live in a world right now where there is, you know, there are so many competing voices, but I think people come here is because they know that there's a real person on the other side. And my only hope is that I say something in a way that you might hear it and might help you on your journey. Because I know for me, I heard the same message 45 times until I finally heard it, duly heard it. And so in this episode, I'm going to take a little bit of a step back and welcome some of the new people. I'll give you some updates on what coaching with me, working with me looks like and some new offerings that I have and also end with how you can find me and what resources are currently available because I do mention some in past episodes that are no longer out there, but I can share what I'm working on. And so when people ask me about my story, what I typically say is that it used to sound like this. So this is probably until 2019. This is what I was saying. And I would joke around with friends about this often. I'd say something along the lines of, in my 20s, I took on the project of unshallowing myself. I was going for the same kind of guy, getting the same result. An asshole with arm muscles who can go jab for jab for me, but just doesn't prioritize me. And I would also joke, like, assholes are just my type. But I quickly learned that that guy, the asshole, would never care about me more than his friends or the gym and didn't care if he treated me like shit. And I needed to learn how to go for the nice guy. That story is bullshit. It's absolutely bullshit. It doesn't even scratch the surface of what was going on for me. And I didn't even know it. This is the real story. I went for narcissists and abusive people because it was more familiar to not feel good enough than to feel valued. That was my version of feeling safe. That's what I was used to. My nervous system responded to it. It's what I actually knew love to be. Conditional, painful, inconsistent. 
I pushed away every nice guy that came my way. And I prioritized going back to hurtful relationships with men who never actually valued me. Or they valued me as long as I fit into the box that they wanted me to fit in, which usually came with a whole host of lies. Of course, I've asked myself why. The short story of this is, is that I grew up in an emotionally, verbally, and physically abusive home where validation and safety didn't exist. I was always alone. Always. And I was always in survival mode, even as a small child. I watched people tell me that they loved me, and they never showed it. So I would hear the words, and their actions would show me the exact opposite. I did not know how to trust myself because I grew up being invalidated. When I felt good about myself, I had someone else telling me that I shouldn't, or that I was wrong, or that I was a failure, or that I was never going to succeed at anything. As a high schooler, I would hear the words from my stepfather, community college, you're going to go to community college if you can get in. And that's not even the half of what was going on. But I didn't feel deserving of anything that felt normal, in air quotes, like clothes that fit. My mom used to hide clothes in the trunk of the car because she wasn't allowed to spend money on me. Birthdays that were celebrated. I still struggle with birthdays because of how they were handled when I was younger and how, quote, bitches don't get sweet 16s, end quote. Or even care when I was sick. When I was younger, I had to have surgery and the wounds wouldn't close because my body was just like in fight or flight. My, I had these like massive stitches that just wouldn't close and no one cared. I ended up missing about six months of school because it wouldn't heal and I would just bleed out. And when I think back at that, it's like, in a way, they caused more stress than less in a lot of ways. I mentioned this, and I think it's important to name that this story, mentioning five things of three things, three to five things of a very long story. I moved out when I was 16. There's a lot more in there. It's just not worth kind of going down that path, but severely abused and abandoned. And I was very suicidal until I was about 16 to 18. No of emotions were ever validated of mine. So I kind of grew up not validating my own. And when people would start to talk about self-love, loving yourself more, blah, blah, blah. I used to think, what the fuck is that? Like, what the hell is self-love? Like, can you explain that to me? Because I can't explain it to me. It didn't make sense to me. Still doesn't really necessarily make sense in the way people talk about it. Because when you grow up to be told that, like when you feel good about yourself, which probably is what self-love feels like, and then someone tells you that you shouldn't and that you're wrong and that you're actually the worst. And it's coming from people that are your family, then you don't love yourself. You train yourself that every time I feel good, I should actually feel bad. It creates a lot of issues, including really hating when every single resource says you need to love yourself more. I do believe you need to show up for yourself, but I think that means something different for everyone. I digress though. To return back to the story, growing up in a home like what I grew up in, I went for what I would call the bad boy from like the moment I started dating in probably fifth grade. And from that point on, I put myself in relationships with unavailable and emotionally abusive and controlling men. Even in high school, when my first boyfriend cheated on me in front of me, 
in the cafeteria and I still tried to get him back after he blamed me for it because he told me I was too prude. I then dated somebody who I would have been convinced I was in love with, but he only wanted me when he could cheat on his girlfriend with me. And that was my first long-term relationship. And as I got older, like I said earlier, my system sabotaged every nice guy because I could not handle it. It didn't know what to do with it. I thought something was wrong with me. I was like, I just can't let people be nice to me. But subconsciously, what I know now is that the narcissists were triggering my old wounds in an addictive way. The discarding, the not good enough, the unlovable, the not feeling important. They got out of me what they wanted and then they abandoned me, which only created an anxious attachment. What was even worse was leaving those bad relationships felt like removing fingers from my hands. Like I literally felt like I was taking a scissor that you get at CVS and cutting off my full finger. It was so hard. I was accepting behaviors that my friends would run away from. I stayed far longer than I should and experienced a ton of pain every time I left something I didn't like. So I wasn't even happy and I was still struggling and I had no idea what was going on and nobody could tell me. I was in and out of therapists and coaches offices. I had no idea how to help me. And I wasn't making a mess. I was still like, I was getting a master's degree. I was still successful, but I did not understand what was going on. And I thought something was wrong with me. And then at 29, I married a man that I knew wasn't good for me because I wanted a fairy tale ending. I'd gotten out of a long relationship with somebody who was being psychologically abused by this family. And then I'm reconnected with somebody from high school, someone who I put on a pedestal, somebody who was the exact opposite of me. He was, he was who I would call the most popular person in school. And I was pretty much the high school reject. But that person, and I connected, and it was somebody who would basically promise me everything that they would be and do and feel and act for a future with me. They claimed to love me. And I think I wanted that more than anything. That felt like the fairy tale and I got stuck on it. I justified and overlooked warning signs for years, including many alcoholic relapses and my screaming instinct for this quote unquote fairy tale. I was extremely depressed throughout the relationship. And when I finally worked up the courage to leave, it was after being a shell of myself and trying to leave a hundred times before. There were 10 last straws, if not more. I share the story as it's relevant on Clarity Calls so that you feel heard and seen and to know that somebody gets it. But I choose consciously not to say more about it here for my own personal safety. And if you are listening to this, I imagine that you know what that might look like. I divorced that person and it was extremely painful to go through post-separation abuse from that person. After my marriage ended, I took off about two years from dating and sex and even thinking that men have penises to heal. This was not done with intention. It was out of pure survival. I could not imagine going out on a date. I was a single parent and the number one provider to my then one-year-old. She's six now. I was in therapy twice a week and working through it and everything that comes with co-parenting with a high conflict person. 
it was not until the pandemic when every single thing shut down, I couldn't distract myself from healing and workaholism, which I used to cover up feeling. I was forced to look at everything underneath the anxiety and to actually admit for the first time that I went through trauma when I was growing up, that my past was traumatic and that it's much more deep-seated than I ever even knew. I then understood the effects that that trauma has had on me and how it was showing up in my life over and over again. And I thought that I worked through it, learned what a healthy relationship is and healed to find out that I didn't. And while I learned a lot from my first few relationships and situationships, when I started to date, my first serious relationship after my divorce was actually a highly emotionally and verbally abusive person. And it was incredibly hard to leave. It was harder to leave than my marriage. My marriage actually wasn't hard to leave at all because I saw what was happening and I knew what I, I knew I needed to get out of it. And I knew that that was the best future for my child as if I got out and I was able to heal myself. Leaving the relationship that came after, it felt like I was dying. It was awful. It was awful. And I, when I reference relationship a lot in my podcast, usually that's the one I'm referring to because I can talk about it openly. And that was actually a, that was actually a relationship that I was very conscious of what was happening. Whereas in my marriage, I wasn't, but now I saw a lot of signs. I was extremely educated. I was in, I am extremely educated. I was in coaching. I was doing coaching for a while. I was, I understand, you know, these traits. I then went through narcissistic and emotional abuse training for 10 months. I was in coach training right after that relationship. So I was able to put in a lot of, I put together a lot of pieces. I was very present there. And I was also in denial for a lot of it, wishing that it wasn't actually the truth. Now more than ever, I am much more aware of my attachments, my patterns, my habits, and I've learned how to validate and trust myself and how to recognize abuse and gaslighting. I do know how to walk away from something that isn't right for me. And I'm still connected to how hard that can be, even with a higher level of self-awareness. I know firsthand what it feels like to break a trauma bond and to teach yourself that, or have to teach yourself that it's a trauma bond and not love. I understand where you are because I've been there. And I became a certified emotional narcissistic abuse coach to help people through situations I once was in. This year, I also became a certified high-conflict divorce coach to support people going through the family court system and divorcing a high-conflict individual. I've also been trained in attachment styles, conscious breakups, and conscious dating, as well as a lot more in the field of relationships. I get it, and I'm sorry. Since I am a trauma-informed coach, I see everything through a trauma-informed lens, meaning the healing takes as long as it takes, and there is not one way to work through an issue. I do try and meet you where you are and understand you, and I will point out toxic behaviors, behavioral patterns, signs of abuse, and emotional immaturity. The goal of my coaching is to validate you, ungaslight you, teach you about what is going on, and what is affecting you. So to give words and insight and information, education around what you're going through and to meet you where you are. I will not tell you to go no contact if you're not ready. I won't tell you to leave the relationship if you're not ready. 
I will tell you if it is not safe, though. I'll support you as a human being, and maybe our calls are the only place that you feel like you can be a true human and to talk to somebody who understands, but also that you can talk to me and not feel crazy. You know, when we talk to other people, sometimes we feel crazy because they don't understand or they put non-abusive relationship healing tactics on abusive situations and that's just not going to work. So how can you work with me? There are a few ways to work with me. First, by listening to the podcast, you do support me. I don't make money off the podcast. This is something that I do as a resource. I want to help people where, you know, in the areas that I was once was, it is important for me to continue putting this out. All I ask is that you rate, subscribe, and review and share it. I know this might be a podcast that you're not very comfortable sharing with other people, but if there ever is a situation that you could share it with somebody, I really appreciate that. And it goes a long way. I want to reach as many people as I can and help as many people as I can. I am in the process of developing a third course, but I currently have two courses available on my website. One is called the Relationship Recovery Program, which is about identifying and understanding abuse and beginning to see if you are in the cycle of abuse. It touches vaguely on what a trauma bond is and helps you identify if you are trauma bonded. I also have one on boundaries and how to set boundaries with an abuser or a narcissist, which is extremely challenging. It's $19 for that one. And it's people have said it's been very helpful. I'm working on one on no contact. It might be up there by the time you're listening to this. It might be on its way. You can always ask me about it. My website is emotionalabusecoach.com. My email is jessica jessicanightcoaching.com. I do that on purpose so that you're not emailing emotionalabusecoach.com because I understand that could be challenging if that's kind of where you're reaching out. Um, and if somebody has their eye on your emails, my Instagram at emotionalabusecoach has a ton of information on abuse. I try and be very strategic and I care very much about what I post. And lastly, working with me in a one-on-one situation or group coaching. I'm not running a group coaching program right now. The next one will most likely either be in the summer or in the fall or both, depending on where some things land. And But one-on-one coaching is available. I offer one-off calls, which are called validation calls. That is a call that you can just, if you just need one call right now to help you get over the hump or understand where you are, that's the one to book. If you want ongoing coaching and support, you schedule a clarity call. It's free. It's we talk through how we would work together and we go from there. Usually try and set up a time that is fairly consistent. If you are located in other parts of the world, I do have some flexible times to be able to reach other people. I have clients in Australia, Zambia, the UK, Italy, Turkey, Belgium, Nigeria currently my client base and the U.S., of course, all over the U.S. and Hawaii in, in the U.S., which has been really fun um, working with somebody in such a beautiful place. And lastly, if you don't know and you just want to email me and ask me where to go from there, just email me, jessicaatjessicanightcoaching.com. I'm a real person, you know, and the email is always open. It does take me some time to get back to people from time to time. I'm a single mom and 
it will take, it sometimes just takes me 24 to 48 hours to get back to you, but I get back to you as soon as I can. Lastly, I offer high conflict divorce coaching, and this is completely focused on helping you strategize, helping you with documentation, helping you understand the realities of the family court system and helping you move through the family court system and prepare yourself in a way that you're showing up confident and secure with all your ducks in a row. Going through a divorce with an abuser or a narcissist is one of the most confusing and frustrating experiences, but going into it with somebody by your side that knows exactly where, where things might go just based on experience, but also based on, you know, a lot of research and I'm this, the training I went through to get my certification was extremely intense. It would have saved me a lot of money and a lot of frustration if I had someone like me in my corner at that time. So that's available to you if you want it. The rate for divorce coaching is $200 for an hour long session, but there is pre-work, there is post-work, there's follow-up, there's support. I am here for you. Any client of mine will tell you, I am here for you. A lot of people pay for the sessions they have with me, but they do communicate with me in between. And that's something that won't go away. I like being the person that I needed. It's my largest value. At the time of this recording, there are, I do not have my website up for high conflict divorce coaching. However, if you were to go to emotionalabusecoach.com, you can email me about it. Or if you're listening to this and it's been a month or two months after this has been posted, there's a 99.9% chance that that information will be on my website. So you can go to emotionalabusecoach.com or you can go to high-conflictdivorce.com and find me there. I will leave this here for now. I hope you see yourself in my story and you can always feel free to reach out to me. 